0: Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the OSINT Bunker podcast's news snapshots. Um, We are back with you here at the end of January um, and I'm joined this evening by George and OSINT Technical um, and we'll be discussing a uh, a roundup of of the news over the last two weeks. I think we're going to start off with sort of the the biggest news story of the day, Um, news that's broken in the last couple of hours um, from the US um, in relation to the Uh, death of three soldiers and and injuries to 25 others in a one-way unmanned aerial vehicle attack on a US base in Jordan. Um, President Joe Biden has said that the attack is uh, believed to have been carried out by a pro-Iran group um, based in Syria and Iraq, Um, and he's also emphasised that the US uh, intends to respond at a time and place of its choosing. What what are we thinking about this, guys? This is obviously quite a major development now that we've actually got U.S. casualties in this uh, incident.
1: Yeah, I mean, over a hundred strikes by Iranian-backed militias in Iran and Syria, or Iraq and Syria, over the past few months, and something like this was going to happen. Hmm. I mean, it was sheer luck that that we 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 didn't have something like this happen in previous months. And and time kind of finally ran out there. Um, there's there's really nothing else to say. It it is obviously mourning the loss of three service members. The the consequences of this obviously the the U S has made it clear that there will be. Yeah, I I do believe that that we will see that we will see a real response to this.
0: Yeah, politically, Biden's got no choice now. He's he's been banging on for months about you know a red line of. The continuing attacks and we've seen in the last few weeks obviously these strikes against the Houthis but other sort of pro-Iran groups have kind of been allowed to carry on doing what they've been doing and now that we've actually got fatalities involved and not not just injuries as we've had in previous incidents he's got no choice, he's going to have to do something if at the very least to save face domestically and in front of his allies because if the U.S. allows these Iranian groups or, or, or Iran itself arguably to get away with this act, you know, that it's not much different from Russia saying they've got red lines about things. The world is going to turn not around. Even,
1: and, it, it, it's not even a red line thing. Um, Iran has put together... Um, what is what is arguably a shadow war against the U.S. through their their militia groups um, in in Iraq in Iraq and Syria, and they've they've been waging a campaign. They've made it very very clear that they're going to continue waging a campaign against U.S. forces in the region, and and yeah, that, that's you know, I mean this this is this is the the eventual end to that. This is this is the end result is you know. The death of U.S. service members, and and you know, based based on the report, you know, these these the, the base that was struck was on the Syrian uh, Jordanian border, um, which you know it isn't it isn't even as relevant um, or as as you know egregious to the Iranians. It, its its presence is is very much associated towards preserving Jordanian security. Um, more than everything, anything, and and counter, countering what remains of ISIS in in the area, and it, yeah, it's it's something that we'll see a response. I mean, I, I, I there there really isn't much more I can I can even say. Um, well,
2: I, it, think it's, big, I think the big question is how will Washington respond? What what is the US most likely to do here? I think it's really um,
0: hard to say because at the minute, obviously, there's no specific pro-Iran group that has actually claimed responsibility for the attack yeah. and whether that will change in the coming hours after we've finished recording r- remains to be seen. But I don't think the US is going to rush a response here. At the end of the day, you know, we've seen over the last couple of weeks with the various US and, and, and Allied airstrikes that have been carried out, some of them have been you know, sort of Indirect response within hours of certain incidents, and others of yeah. them, it's been a matter of days before we've seen a, a direct response to an incident. So the original sort of launch of a, a missile towards H M S Diamond, the U S and U K joint airstrike that responded to that came a good sort of forty eight hours later.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I think for it- this we'll see a quicker response. You know, I I I think that yes, we we pick. The time and manner of our response, but at, at at this point, the the response has to be because of just what the the you know Iranian-aligned militia groups have said. The the response needs to take away their capability to conduct these attacks, or or just yeah, it, it, it needs to remove that capability and and remove that threat, um, which is which is very difficult. Hmm. I think. we've
2: We've sort of seen with President Biden's response, as you've said, it's this isn't going to be an immediate response. He, he said the U.S. will respond at a time and in a manner of our choosing. So I, I think that's clearly sort of setting the scene for this isn't going to be something that's going to be responded to tomorrow. You know.
1: Yeah, I I, I genuinely think that just one due to the 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 public statements made already by by leaders in the U.S. Um, by members of Congress. Um, those, those statements have very clearly uh, indicated a, a desire for a response um, that, that isn't just practical, but also symbolic. And, and I think that the Biden administration will have to balance how symbolic they want that response to be on top of whatever military action it is. Right now in the Red Sea, the U.S. attacks or the U.S. strikes against Houthi targets are more utilitarian than anything they're, they're targeting houthi launch sites before they can manage attacks they're targeting houthi capabilities to conduct attacks whereas i think for this one it, it will be more symbolic or there, there will be a larger symbolic element to it
0: yeah and it's worth saying as well that obviously hms diamond as i mentioned a short while ago was targeted again um, in the last 24 hours and the uk has released a statement in relation to that as well Obviously the the first joint strike as I said was following the attack on HMS Diamond um, a couple of weeks ago now and it's probably worth remembering that that was a resp- uh, response that came very very quickly. I think yeah. there's a good chance in light of what's happened today both the US and the UK will probably be looking at further strikes right now whether that ends up being Iraq and Syria, um, Iranian-backed groups, or elsewhere. Obviously, we'll have to wait and see, but it's worth saying that unlike with the strikes on Yemen, the UK has assets a lot closer to Iraq and Syria should a response be coming imminently.
1: I would add that there does seem to be a small aversion to directly connecting the... uh, the events ongoing in Yemen right now, with with what's happening in Iraq and Syria, um, though though both groups um, are directly uh, supported uh, and backed by Iran, um, they they kind of have different goals um, and 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 different stated campaigns of achieving those goals. Do we do we want to touch on Ukraine real briefly? Yeah, go for it okay uh and and so so i wasn't here unfortunately for the the last uh news update so i will be the one to to touch on ukraine this time um as 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 john probably tears his hair out over in the corner what is there in the last month that i haven't talked about yet the russians continue to basically just throw material at ukrainian lines crossing open fields into ukrainian atgm ambushes and and you know that that continues to be a, a massive issue for them as they take fairly horrendous casualties. To be honest, I, I don't think there's another another appropriate term for what's happening to the Russian assault groups that are that are sort of conducting these missions. Uh, they're they're just running into into withering Ukrainian fire. But on the note of withering Ukrainian fire, uh, it's been now a month since the U.S. has delivered or or, or put together its last aid package and has been unable to put together one since then um, due to the lack of reallocation of funds and what may be the unwillingness or lack of capability uh, of the the executive branch to pursue other methods um, to to gather funds for uh, uh, Ukrainian weapons. I, I truly do believe that right now European countries are handling the bulk of the planned delivered weapons for 2024, um, Germany announced a seven and a half billion euro program uh, to provide Ukraine with a significant amount of material, um, including armored vehicles, tanks, uh, and other weapon systems, including a- desperately needed engineering systems. That that will continue to backfill a bunch of Ukrainian needs, but but in the long term. The, the Germans have only announced the delivery of about 200,000 shells to, to Ukraine in 2024, which is under 1,000 shells a day. And that puts the Ukrainians still in a very, very hard position where they, they have to be backstopped. And, and currently they're using FPV munitions to, to make up for that gap, but but they really are, are hitting a huge gap there. Additionally, uh, if you look at, at who has GMLRS stocks for the Ukrainian HIMARS, um, it's basically, just the U.S. No one else has the capability uh, to to restock Ukrainian MLRS. The the UK has a credibly marginal capability to to replenish Ukrainian MLRS stocks. Um, but but short of that, the the crunch is going to be significant um, in in 2024. And and in my opinion, could could really cause the Ukrainians to take more drastic operations. Options and operations to to change the current operating environment.
0: Yeah, and finally, I think we should probably touch on developments in the Red Sea. Um, We have already kind of alluded to um, the ongoing Houthi attacks, um, but I think it's fair to say that there was a particularly notable incident in the last uh, sort of 48 hours um, where an oil tanker was actually hit and caught fire um, and there was a joint effort by, I believe it was a US destroyer, an Indian Navy destroyer, and a French frigate um, to assist the crew of that ship with uh, firefighting. Yeah.
2: Ten Indian Navy sailors with specialist firefighting equipment actually boarded the, the vessel. Um, the USS Kearney, the French frigate Chursash, and I cannot for the life of me remember the Indian destroyer's name, but yeah, it was. It was quite the operation. Um, the Houthis, I think, they stated the vessel was British and was targeted in response to American and British aggression. I think, um, but I think the, the vessel was also registered to the Marshall Islands. And it's as the operator of the vessel, British. Suntech, the
1: the operator, that, or... the operator is a large British corporation. Right. Um, it, it was a uh, uh, Marshall Islands flagged uh, yeah. Indian crude. British operated tanker carrying Russian oil products
2: um, 14 nations
1: welcome welcome to international shipping everyone yeah. it's it's yeah it's it's very diverse um, the yeah the the Carney, I, I, I'm aware that the Kearney showed up and immediately provided firefighting help for um, uh, from what I'm aware of, the ship had pretty much run out of firefighting foam, and the Kearney was able to uh, to, to provide it with with some additional firefighting foam to fight the fire. The, the Indian Navy obviously um, was able to provide a damage control team to go on board and help physically fight the fire on board the ship. Um, I, I know the French were on scene as well um, and, and participated in the in the um, firefighting efforts. This this really was a large operation to uh, save the vessel, and that was successfully done. So,
2: But yeah. Well, even when rendering aid, the the carney was also fired upon, if I remember correctly. Uh, obviously, it, sh- it shot down the Houthi missile.
0: But
1: yeah, they were they were on scene both to. Uh...
0: And the carney is rapidly uh, tossing up a quite quite a kill streak, really, when when we consider how long it's now been deployed, involved in this uh, ongoing fight, um, whether. It and some of the other US destroyers are going to need to uh, make port and uh, resupply ammunition in the in the near future remains to be seen. But I, I would imagine that's something the US Navy is probably going to have to consider fairly soon.
2: How long has the Connie been out there?
0: I want to say it was there before Christmas. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it arrived with the um, the Ike Strike Group. Anything else we want to add quickly before we bring this to a close?
1: actually I'll just I'll just circle back around um how long has HMS diamond been on station
0: so diamond arrived um she arrived before christmas as well because we thought she was swapping with uh what was it HMS lancaster yeah i want to say um but HMS Lancaster hasn't actually gone home in the end does she, she's still out in the Gulf so we've got, I think it's two frigates and one destroyer uh, on rotation in the Gulf at the minute
1: and so I, I think the question is the, the Diamond is obviously making uh, a number of intercepts and at what point will the the you know HMS Diamond have to, to circle back and, and you know come to a place where it actually is able to rearm it, uh, uh, its VLS's
2: Um, The vessel obviously didn't sail with a full complement of sea vipers they very rarely do. Um, And This is the third action she's been involved in?
0: Yeah, I I, I think she should be okay for the moment because as as you say it's only the third time she's actually fired at this point. And yes, although she doesn't carry a full missile load normally I don't think we're anywhere near close to her running out at the moment whereas the Kearney and, and some of the other US destroyers have been firing an awful lot over yeah. the last few weeks and, and, and the last month or so. Um, obviously Branted, I,
1: I think the, the other question is, is how many missiles is the fire during the engagement? Um, and what, what is the acceptable minimum number of missiles that it, it, it can have in, in the area? Because obviously, it's, you know, the diamond isn't going to stay around until it runs out of interceptors.
0: No, exactly. Uh, yeah i think the advantage with sea viper if i recall correctly is that because of the guidance involved in it unlike previous generation missiles where they would launch two missiles for each target to ensure that one of them hits i think sea viper is advanced enough that the tactic is to only launch one now it's yeah. fair to say that actually the mod hasn't clarified for certain that each of the engagements that diamond has been involved in has actually involved a missile but we do know for a fact based on photos that have been released that at least two of the engagements have involved the launch of sea viper missiles yeah i mean
1: MD... yeah and I, I oh god sorry
2: no no please don't
1: insist i was, I was going to say the final question is if diamond has to rotate out um is is there another vessel available to replace it is is there another type 45 available
2: the Ministry of Defence officially say yes, but speaking to people, you know, relatively involved with that, it's they're, they're counting availability as a ship that can be deployed relatively soon, not one that can be deployed, you know, tomorrow. It's It, it would be very unlikely a Type 45 would be in a position to take over in a sort of short-scale time frame, but John might know more on that.
0: I believe we've got two Type 45s on standby in the UK at the minute in various stages of either training yeah. or sort of pre-deployment workups. Um, I know at least one of the others is in long-term maintenance undergoing sort of a major overhaul. I think yeah. realistically we need to consider, obviously, whereas the US have destroyers forward deployed to the likes of Rota in Spain, um, and elsewhere and therefore could rotate destroyers in and out far more quickly. Any UK rotation is going to invo- involve involve type 45 sailing from the UK through the Mediterranean into the Red Sea, which will obviously take time. Um, it, it's going to need the Royal Navy to sort of focus on the sort of bit more long-term planning for this. If, if that's going to end up happening and at the end of the day, uh, as I say um, HMS Lancaster has now been out in the Gulf for a little while and there was an expectation that she was going to rotate home when HMS Diamond arrived but she's now remained in theatre so it's entirely likely they may have to deploy two vessels at some point in the not too distant future in order to replace both Lancaster and Diamond
2: Well Richmond's on the way there just now if I remember correctly
0: I think Richmond's the one that arrived as well to join Lancaster, yeah, that, but I don't know if she's right. actually at, um, at same, engaged yet.
1: Yeah, though, though at the same time, obviously, a Type 23 has less of a capability to do what Diamond is doing right now in the Red Sea. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it really does show the, the weakness of only having six destroyers in the fleet.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, even of the Two of the three ships that the Ministry of Defense said were available uh, Dauntless is currently docked down and Duncan is in the uh, fleet time support period. So, I mean, neither are really particularly available either. Neither are currently armed, so not that, that
1: would take too long. Yeah, it just it, it, it takes that time to get sort of set back up. Yeah. Um. And also, if, if you know, if one of the Queen Elizabeths were to. Um, deploy to the area Um, it would probably or or possibly have to travel to the region without necessarily a Type 45 escort if, if things hit during the wrong point in the rotation. Obviously the US would probably backstop with a Burke but
0: yeah and I think on that note in order to avoid technical having too much to edit, we are going to uh, call it a day with this episode. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. Um, This has been New Snapshots from the Ocean Bunker podcast team, um, and we will be back with another episode giving you the latest news in a couple of weeks' time.